Hey guys, uh, do you want me to stand up on stage or can everyone see me here? Up on stage? Okay, cool. Let's see if I can get this. Alright, so I'm Ellen, if you guys don't know me. I'm one of the Year 9 girl leaders, which are clearly the best year. So I feel sorry for you guys that aren't in Year 9. Um, a few things about me. Um, one thing that I love is I love scarves, or my friends will tell you that. Um, one thing I also love is um, I love Converse shoes. I got these ones yesterday. They're pretty cool. Um, one thing that I hate, I hate prawns, mainly because I'm allergic to them and I nearly die if I have them. So that's not the best either. <laughs> now, I want you guys to imagine this. Imagine that you really, really like someone. You just have this one person and you really like them. Do you reckon you'd want to know everything about them. You want to know exactly what they love and what they hate. You want to know everything about them so you can plan everything. So say a guy wants to ask a girl out and he's like, oh, yes, I'll get her roses. It would be pretty stupid for him to get her roses if the girl's actually like, I hate roses and I'm allergic to them. That would not go down well. Or if you're a girl and you're like, oh, yes, I'll like take him to a footy match. And he's like, actually, I hate sport and I just want to sit home and play Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> it would be really stupid. So it's important to know what people love and what people hate. And just like it's like that with people, it's the same with God. Sometimes it can be a bit of a mystery. What does God love and what does God hate? It can be tricky for us to work that out. Um, tonight we're going to see what does God want with us? What does he want? And we're going to see that um, through the passage that we just read in two big showdowns. So you've got the first showdown and the second one. And we're going to have a look at the Pharisees and we're going to see what they're doing and we're going to see what God hates through them. And then we're going to have a look at Jesus and what God loves um, there. So put your thinking caps on. Um, it's a bit of work. Make sure you've got a Bible. Make sure you're looking on. Um, yeah, if you don't have one, make sure you're looking on with someone else. Because it's heaps important that you're looking and checking that I'm not just like talking and that's actually coming from the Bible. All right. So first of all, let's go through what's happening. So these Pharisees, they're sort of sort of dudes like for us, it's like Pharisees. What's that? They're these dudes that everyone loved. They're kind of like the best person you can think of. Everyone was like, oh, the Pharisees. They're like the best mate you could ever have. They're always there when you get sick. They're always just like, I don't know, giving you free food when you forget your lunch. They're just like perfect. They're just like everyone's like perfect idea of a person. Um, but we're going to look at that and actually unravel that and see, are they actually perfect? Um, and also another thing for you guys to know is, we're going to be talking heaps about the Sabbath, and for us it's like, what's the Sabbath? That sounds weird. It's like a day in the Old Testament and like around the time of Jesus where Jesus said, you're not supposed to work, um, but you're supposed to sort of rest and sort of devote the day to Jesus. All right, so I hope you guys are ready. So look at your Bibles. We're going to go through what's happening. So verse 1. So imagine that you're there. So it says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain field. So it's just a day, you're walking along, um, and it says, his disciples began to pick some grains, so, sorry, some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. So you're hungry, you're walking along, and you see some grain along, so it's just like a little snack. So the disciples go, and they eat a bit of a snack. Um, so they're doing that. And then have a look at verse 2, what happens. So pay attention to what the Pharisees are doing because that's what we're looking at now. Look at these Pharisees. 
So they say, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? That's pretty crazy. So they're just like eating a snack and all of a sudden these like Pharisees come along and be like, ha ha, why are you doing that? It's a bit weird. Um, that sort of thing doesn't happen now. But um, these Pharisees get really mad over the disciples just eating some grain. Like that's pretty weird. But just like think in your brain, sort of lock it in. These Pharisees love their rules. So there was like rules about what they could and couldn't do on Saturdays, on the Sabbath. And in their mind, Jesus and his disciples had broken them. So they're like, bam, let's take him down sort of thing. Um, So keep that locked in your head, all right? So the Pharisees love their rules and they love making sure that everyone keeps to them. Um, So you've got the picture there. We're going to come back to that. So lock that in your head. So let's go down to the second sort of showdown. So Jesus like... They picked the grain and the Pharisees get really angry at him. We're going to come back to Jesus' reply and see what he says there. So everyone look on at verse 6 now. It says, On another Sabbath, so another Saturday, um, Jesus went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. So he's got a bad hand. That's not the best. Um, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see whether um, he would heal on the Sabbath. So these dudes are here and they're trying to catch Jesus out. They're like, we've got you now, Jesus. You think you can get away from us? You've always got an answer to come back at us. But now we've got you because if you heal, then you're in big trouble and you've disobeyed the Sabbath, which means you're disobeying God. So this was like the most tense moment in like a whole movie you could ever watch. This is it. Like they're all watching to see what Jesus is going to do. Um, and then you can have a look. So Jesus, like, gets the dude up. He's not, like, hushing up, like, oh, I'll just heal you on the side so the people don't see. But he fully gets the person to stand up. And it's like, right, everyone stand, like, you stand up so everyone can see you. And he heals the dude. It's absolutely amazing. Jesus heals this dude. And look what the Pharisees do. So in um, verse 11, it says the Pharisees were furious. And they began to discuss with one another what they might do with Jesus. So these Pharisee dudes, we've seen like a little bit of a picture we're starting to form of them here. They love their rules. And they actually had thousands and thousands of rules that the people had to keep. They're not, they don't really care about what Jesus is doing. They just don't like him because he's not keeping to the Sabbath. Um, it was all about what the people couldn't do. It wasn't about honouring God or keeping to him. They were just wanting to make a name for themselves and they wanted to enforce this on all the people. It was pretty crazy. Um, But Jesus isn't fooled by them and Jesus knows exactly where their heart is. And Jesus actually smashes them. If you want to turn to Mark chapter 7, so it's a book back. So Mark chapter 7. Verse 6. So this is like another time when, um, yeah, the Pharisees are getting angry at Jesus and his disciples, as they seem to do a lot. Um, And Jesus replies, so verse 6, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. So what Jesus is saying here, 
He's saying, like, these people look like they're really good. As I said at the beginning, these are the sort of people everyone looks up to. They love them. But Jesus is actually saying that God actually hates what they're doing. He hates the fact that they are just forcing these rules on people. They don't even worship God. Like it says, they worship me in vain. All the good stuff that they do, all the times that they, like, give to the poor, all the times that they go to, like, their version of church and are like teaching the Old Testament. All this good stuff that they do, Jesus actually says it's all nothing to God. It's all nothing. Um, he says their teachings are but rules taught by men. These rules aren't even from God, and that's what they did. They just made up their own rules to sort of, um, yeah, force on the people. So this is massive. Jesus is saying these people who everyone loves, God hates what you're doing. He hates the fact that you are making all these rules up. Um, this is massive. So here's a sort of illustration to sort of capture it. I want you guys to imagine that you are working at a toy shop. Toy shop's pretty cool. Um, and your boss says, all right, I'm going to put you in charge of this toy shop so you can run it completely. So it's all up to you. And the only rule is you can't make anything break. So nothing in this toy shop can break. So you're like, and then they leave you, and so now you're in charge of this. And so um, it's all up to you. So first of all, you're like, oh, okay, what should I do to make sure that nothing breaks? Okay, first of all, there's a lot of kids in toy shops. That's a bit of an issue. So maybe we'll make it. They have to be supervised before they can play with the toys because that'll obviously the parents will watch them. And then you're like, oh, actually, something might go wrong then. How about we just sort of close off that section of the toy shop so we'll like the cool breakable things we'll just close them so they can't get to that that'll make it better and then you're like uh actually I don't really like those like babies they sort of crawl around and cause a muck so no kids under the age of like three and no kids like actually no kids at all just no kids in this toy shop we don't want them because they might break something and that would be an issue because my boss told me I'm not allowed to break anything do you see what happened there? It started off with something simple where they said, don't break anything in the toy shop, which was good. That's what they're supposed to do. But then gradually you turn it into this thing that becomes awful. Like who would want to go to a toy shop if you're not allowed to touch or play or be in it? Like that would be stupid. <laughs> Completely defies the point. Now, if you don't sort of get it, that's kind of like what the Pharisees have done. So they've started off with this rule that God said. So he said, like, obey the Sabbath so people aren't supposed to work. But then all of a sudden they start introducing all these other rules to go along with it. So they've got the main rule, but then they create thousands of other rules around it that they have to obey too. But that's not what God asks. So it's almost like they're trying to do something good, but their attitudes are wrong. So they're saying they're doing good stuff, and it looks good. Like, it looks like what they're doing is good, but... God says they actually hate it. Um, now, I reckon it's easy for us to sit here today and just be like, what's these Pharisees and Sabbath and all this weird jargon got to do with me? Like, seriously, it's got nothing to do with me. But Jesus actually says something different. And I reckon, like, if we look at ourselves closely enough, we can be exactly like these Pharisees. Um, we tend to do it a little bit differently. We don't go around being like, nope, not allowed to work on Saturdays. That means sport is gone. So we're not like that. But we do tend to like our rules, except not quite the same, not quite written up on like a board or anything. But I think it can easy, it's easy to be like, okay, 
what do I do to make God think I'm good? I reckon God will think I'm good if I be a really good friend. That's pretty good. Good friends are pretty good. So I'll be a really good friend. And I will do the 40-hour famine. That's another good thing. I did the 40-hour famine a few times. I loved it. But it's like, yeah, I'll do that. And I'll actually go to youth group a fair bit because that's pretty important. Yeah, I suppose I'll do that. Um, And then gradually, do you see what's happened? You've created this list of things which are good. Those things are all good. But you've created them just to sort of think, thinking that God will think better of you if you keep them. That's exactly what the Pharisees did. They created these bunch of rules and they thought God would be happy with them for keeping them. Um, I reckon that we can do that all the time. We can create all these things like, I'll read my Bible and then that'll be good. I can tick that off my list and then I'm sweet. God must think I'm really good if I read the Bible because it was really hard to understand. Like, you're exactly the same as the Pharisees. And, this, and God hated the Pharisees for doing that. And we do the exact same. So that means that God hates when we sin, which is basically ignoring what God's told us to do, um, ignoring God, which is pretty crazy. So that means that we're actually just the same as the Pharisees. We're actually sinful and we've got a problem. Like that's pretty huge news. Um, yeah, that's massive. So what I want you guys to think of this Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't think that you can earn your way to God. It's not going to happen. You'll never be good enough for God. Just like think about it. Even on those lists of things, like be a good friend. I've like failed at being a good friend so many times. There's no way you can keep that, even your own list. So yeah, don't be like the Pharisees because you'll never do it. You'll never get there. So now that's what God hates. That's what God doesn't want from us. So what does God want from us? Like, we've seen what he doesn't want, but is there a way? Like, like what's with that? Um, so let's have a look at it. And it actually says, I don't know whether you picked it up in the, in the Mark passage, but God wants their heart. And we're going to have a look at what that means. So God doesn't want our good outward actions. God actually knows our motives and our intentions and why we do everything. God wants our whole life. He wants our heart. Um, Yeah, so let's have a look at where we see that in the Luke passage. So flick back to Luke. So we're looking at chapter 6. So in your minds, rewind to back at the beginning when we were talking about the Pharisees and how the disciples are there like eating their corn or whatever, grain. And so flick back to that. So the, the Pharisees get really mad at Jesus and his disciples for doing this. Um, so let's have a look at how Jesus responds. So look on in verse 3. So everyone got it? Verse 3 says, And Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for the priest to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, the first probably about like 10 times I read that, I was like, what is that going on about? Like, that's so confusing. Like, talking about David and this bread and eating it, I don't even know. And I'm like, Lord of the Sabbath. It's, it's really confusing. And that's good, like, if you're feeling like, what is that talking about? It means you're paying attention. Um, so I wish I had more time to go into, like, the depths of that bit. But it's, like, it's awesome. Go ask your leaders more about it in discussion groups if you want. But basically what we can see there is that... Um, 
Jesus is saying that human need is actually more important than the Pharisees' uh, ceremonial um, regulations. It's more important that, like David, who in the Old Testament, it's like this awesome dude that the Israelites love. He's like their pinnacle, their hero. And even he went into uh, the, like, the temple and he got this bread which wasn't meant for him. Um, so Jesus is saying, look, we're doing the same. Like we're hungry. They weren't even breaking the law anyway by like eating this food. But the, our human needs are more important than all this religious jargon that you guys are putting out here they're more important than all your rules that you're throwing out on the people um so jesus is also saying if you condemn what i'm doing then you're condemning david like your hero so obviously they're not going to condemn jesus because they love david um they can't do that but then look at what jesus says that last little bit gold so he says for he said oh sorry wrong part um then jesus said to him verse five the son of man is lord of the sabbath this is an awesome little bit because what it's saying is that Jesus is saying, I have complete control over the Sabbath. And the reason he has complete control over the Sabbath is because he created it. And the only person that created the Sabbath was God. So Jesus is saying here that he is God. That's awesome. Like Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm good. I have complete control over it anyway. Um, I can imagine the Pharisees would have gotten heaps annoyed at that point. Um, yeah, so this is pretty massive. Jesus is claiming to be God. That's huge. But let's go down then to the second showdown and see what Jesus does there. So remember, like fast forward or rewind or whatever you're up to, um, where Jesus goes in the synagogue and that dude comes with like the shriveled hand and the Pharisees are like glued their eyes to Jesus seeing what's going to happen. They're just like waiting. Suspense would have been so high. They're waiting to see what Jesus does. Um, so look on at verse 8. So Jesus, the dude gets up, um, Jesus said, but Jesus knew what the, they, the Pharisees, were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up, stand up in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand then he did so and his hand was completely restored and they the pharisees were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to jesus so it's a pretty awesome bit where we see like yeah you can just imagine as i said the suspense between jesus and the pharisees and jesus like he doesn't even worry really about them he's like i'm gonna do what i want to <laughs> so he gets the dude up and he heals him it's absolutely amazing um, but did you get that little bit how he's like talking, he's like, which is better to do, to do like good or evil to save life or destroy it? Once again, Jesus is reinforcing here that, um, what he's to do good to heal this guy is way more important than their rules and regulations that the Pharisees had. It's absolutely ridiculous that they would stop someone from being healed by just because they were like, nope, it's on the Sabbath, you can't do it sort of thing. They're so wrong. Um, yeah, so Jesus really challenges them. Which is more important to you, your rules and regulations or actually showing compassion um, to this person? Jesus pretty much gives them a kick up the backside that they really didn't want to hear. Um, and I reckon sometimes God does that to us. Um, 
when we get so captured up in living our life just the way we want to with our own list of things that we think will be good. Um, all right, so I need a volunteer for this next part. Yes, you're nice and close. I have a lovely bar of chocolate, so you can come up here. Um, I'm going to give you this bar of chocolate, but can you just stay here for a second? So how are you feeling at the moment? Good. Feeling good? That's good. Um, well, actually, I have a bit of confession to make. So I knew like, I had to give you this bar of chocolate because it's in my talk, so I had to. But I didn't really want to give you the bar of chocolate. Like, it's like, what, $4? That could have gone to, like, my uni train ticket. Expensive. And actually, I would have liked to have ate it for myself. I quite like chocolate. So, uh, okay, I guess I'll let you keep it. But it's a hard decision, all right? How are you feeling now? Bad. <laughs> all right, step down. You can keep that chocolate. All right. <laughs> Good job. So basically there, basically what happened there, I was doing a good thing. Like I was giving a bar of chocolate. That's pretty nice. I'd like to receive a bar of chocolate too. But it started off a good thing. But my motivations and my intentions actually showed different. So like I usually wouldn't say that to a person. But if I was actually thinking it, it kind of defeats the purpose. Like yeah, made that poor girl feel really sad and probably a bit guilty that she's, like, stealing my chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, so I reckon that sort of captures what the Pharisees are doing. So they're doing stuff that's good, but their intentions and their heart is completely in the wrong place. And the crazy thing is that God sees it all. God sees exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it, and that's why God smashes them. That's why Jesus is so critical of them because God knows exactly where the heart is. He knows it's not in the right place. He knows that it's not because they want to honor God and, yeah, give glory to him. It's really because they want to make themselves feel better and they love their bunches of rules because it makes them feel powerful. Um, now, I reckon that can be kind of heavy to hear that, yeah, that. So where does this hit us? I reckon that we need to be really careful of where our heart is because I reckon it's hard to actually decide that. Um, but there's two, like two people in this room. So if you're not a Christian, then you need to hear that you're like the Pharisees, that you're sinful. We all are sinful, um, except for Jesus, the only person that wasn't sinful. We're never going to be good enough for God. There's no way you can be good enough. And even if you think you are, Jesus sees through you. He knows that you've stuffed up so many times. Um, yeah, so if you are in that category and you know that, talk to your leader, find out, because there's good news for you. It doesn't have to stay that way. Although we do deserve punishment for what, we're, what we've done, we see like in the last week when we looked at what Jesus did with the paralytic, he had the power to like um, not only heal the person but forgive their sins. And Jesus has that power now. It's not like it was like a once-off guest appearance. Jesus has that power today to forgive your sins. And you just need to ask him. And that's awesome. So ask your leader if you want to do that. Um, tell him. But if you are a Christian, you'll know that it doesn't mean that life's all easy and breezy once you become a Christian. It's not like everything's like good. And it's not like your heart's going to be like all like super on fire for God every day of your life. There's always going to be times when it's hard to do that. But I reckon it's helpful to work out whether you are being like a Pharisee in your life 
Think about this. Have you guys ever found yourself saying things like, like it gets to the end of the day and then you're like, oh, I should, I suppose I should read my Bible. Or, oh, okay, I should go to youth group because people might think it's a bit weird, I haven't been two weeks, or I should go to 24-7, or I should be nice to that person, actually. I reckon that shows a lot about where our heart is at when we're saying, I should, because it sounds like it's an obligation, like, oh, I have to do this. Yeah, it shows where our heart's at. Um, So if you find, like, if you know in your head that you are actually doing that, really think about where your heart is. Um, and if you are doing that, then repent. Ask Jesus, well, ask God for forgiveness and ask him to help you with your heart so you will be wanting to honour God in everything you do. Um, now, I'm not, as I said, I'm not saying it's like, oh, yes, I've got a new heart, woohoo, everything's sweet, and I like love reading the Bible every minute of the day. It's not like that. But how awesome it is that as I started off, what does God love and hate? God loves being in a relationship with us. And it's like kind of stupid being in a relationship if you don't talk to that person. Like if, I'm, if I say I'm a friend with someone, you assume that I actually talk to them. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a relationship. You'd just be like two randoms. So that's the same with God. I reckon so often you're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. But you actually never even talk to God. You don't really know much about God. You probably don't know much at all. Um, don't just like rock up on youth, at youth and just like expect us to tell you everything. Like, youth is awesome, but you need to be digging into God's word. That's where God talks to us. He's given us, like, a whole book. How amazing is it that the God of the whole universe, who created every atom in this universe, who created you and me, and he wants to have a relationship with us, and he's given us his Bible. And so often we just toss it aside, or we, like, open it one afternoon and be like, yep, read one verse, close it, don't care about it for the rest of the day. And I know I am so guilty of that. There's so often where I don't actually put time into reading my Bible. But just think through how amazing a gift it is that God's given us. Um, Yeah. So in conclusion, don't be like the Pharisees. On one side, you've got the Pharisees who are bound by their rules and regulations. They are so bound with it, they're like tied down. They can't really do anything. And in the end, that leads to death. That leads to God judging us. On the other side, you've got um, Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can save us and forgive us. Um, yeah, ask God to help you live a life that honours him. Help him, yeah, ask him to give you a heart that reflects that. Don't just do stuff. Don't, yeah, don't just do stuff because you know you should. That's not worth anything. God knows exactly what's in your heart. So ask him to help you as you do that. Um, yeah. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to go into discussion groups. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you are God. Um, Yeah, you know all of us. You know everything we've done, every thought we've had. Um, I pray that you would help us to work out whether we're like a Pharisee in our life. I pray that um, you'd help us to be truthful to ourselves. I pray that, um, yeah, you would help us not to just go through the list and think that, we're being good enough for you. I pray that you would help us to work out where we are being like a Pharisee and to repent of it, to ask you for forgiveness and ask you to help us uh, fight that. Um, yeah, I pray if, if there's people that aren't sure where they stand before you, I pray that they would work it out because it's the most important thing ever. Um, yeah, I pray that you would help us to be a community 
that doesn't get caught up in just doing good things for the sake of it, but um, we would be so captured by the gospel that we'd want to do good stuff because of the gospel and that um, you'd help us to have the right heart attitude towards it. Amen.